Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. What's a wazoo? And our spiritual advisor and movie insider, Protolexis. Imagine if James Cameron had done a Star Wars trilogy. Like, if there was ever a director to give the opportunity to do a Star Wars trilogy, like, what are we doing over at Disney? Our featured discussion during this special Avatar event month is finally James Cameron's Avatar from 2009. Is it just a cheap knockoff of other movies that have come before it? Or is Cameron just finishing what George Lucas started? Let's find out now. Some are calling this the biggest episode in the history of this podcast. I can see it. I'm getting DMs out the wazoo, Proto, about how large this episode could be for Avatar. What's a wazoo? Google, incognito Google wazoo. Jeez, I, I've never even thought to ask that question. What is a wazoo? It's, <laughs> stay tuned to we Proto's to IG for a deep dive into the wazoo and what it is. Uh, so Avatar discussion is happening later in the episode. You can use the chapters if you're on Apple to skip right to it. Skip through all our BS. Jeez. But I mean, we have to get to the real topic this week that Proto broke news yeah. on our IG account, 70MM pod. The movie insider himself revealed that the DC universe is in turmoil. Mm. Henry Cavill is out as Superman, Proto. You broke the news. How did you, how did you feel about Letting the populace know. I did. I mean, I have my sources. They uh, they fed me the intel, and I was able to get it out there first. So I'm very, really happy for 70mm in our community. Um, just, you know, hearing that news, I'm happy to provide that service to everyone. Um, I mean, you're saying turmoil. Turmoil may be for some who are involved in the DCU, but I don't know if James Gunn would say they're in turmoil over there. I think mm. certain actors and production companies may be concerned about what's going on and, you know, how he's really, I mean, you, there's a power struggle here at, at DC at their, mm. in their offices, and it's looking like James is winning. So good for him. Good for him. Seven bucks could be the big loser out of all this. They're machinating, backfiring. Dwayne Johnson. Retire. Using the market. The, some are saying Dwayne Johnson retire. Stop taking steroids. Alleged. <laughs> that was Danny. Legal <laughs> team. Let's consult after this episode is done recording. Whoa. Uh, I'm excited. Fresh start, finally, for those old DC folks and Warner Brothers Discovery Max. It's time for a Plus. fresh start. Plus, you know, seven bucks is crumbling, but there's one person I want to congratulate. Oh. That's Danny. He just hit 1,000 followers on Letterboxd I saw earlier. Excuse me? That's official. 1,000. Thank you. This has been a long road. Mm -hmm. Proto beat it. me there, but it's about quantity, not quality. Right. I mean, you didn't it's even true. log a movie the last week to begin with. I did log a movie on Saturday, Slim. What movie? White Christmas. Oh, I didn't see that. 
Thank you. Legal team, you let's, consult, let's consult after the show on that as well. <laughs> I mean, we found Danny is innovating last week. He logged a movie that he didn't even watch. Right, yeah. We have to continue to innovate. That reminds me, I needed to shadow ban that review and potentially Danny's account for that kind of action on Letterboxd. White Christmas, I, I don't even know if I've ever seen White Christmas. It's like three and a half hours. It's your wife's favorite movie and you decided to go see it in theaters. Was that a true story that I heard? Yeah, the our local indie cinema plex uh the enzion in winter park orlando mm. or winter park florida uh was showing a matinee of it and uh i surprised casey got her tickets to go see it because she loves it i hate it uh, and i don't hate it but i i don't I, it's not one of my faves it's no singing in the rain okay right, right um but it's a christmas fave packed house i think we were the at age 40 and 39 we're the youngest couple there <laughs> Um, and we didn't get the ugly sweater Christmas memo before oh, going. No. no, but um, I had a great time. Mimosas and popcorn in a movie can't can't this, beat it. This was the couch theater. That the I couch saw theater, photos the of? same couch we saw. I don't know, right? Some some Norwegian movie this year. Mm. Uh, but yeah, had a had a great time with Casey. Enjoyed watching it. Did you get like movie theater snacks or just mimosas and popcorn? Mimosas and popcorn. We get free popcorn because we're members, but oh my God. it's neither here nor there. What a steal. I mean, who knows what's happened on that couch in the last 30 years? You might as well get I mean, some free popcorn for your troubles. I know what happened on that couch. It's pretty wild to think that you can just go to a theater and have a drink. As someone who lives in New Jersey, like most people might not know this, like 90% of the uh, the states in, in the US, you can buy alcohol at literally like any business. Right. Like you could be a gas station, it can be a kiosk and they'll have beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but New Jersey, you have to, it has to be a um, an approved liquor store. So you, I can't just go to a theater and have a drink with it. Right. You can't like at all. They don't. No, we have to go to like spirits, like wine and spirits or beer distributors to get. Even like a, you like don't a have bar. any dine-in theaters? Some no. of them, well, they need like liquor licenses, at least in PA. To serve. I'm, sure, I'm sure they need liquor licenses here too. Let's move on. This is, <laughs> we're, not this. The, we're not the liquor license insider with Proto. We're the movie insider. <laughs> so let's keep that straight. Proto, did you watch any movies this week? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just continuing on in the Christmas spirit. Oh I, you know, we watched Home Alone this week, me and the kids. Classic. We watched, uh, we watched Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, which oh is, uh, you rated that way high. I gave it four? three stars. I gave it three stars. I don't hate it. It's, you know, it's fine. It's, you know, the thing, I think attempting Polar Express a few mm. weeks before helped <laughs> this viewing because they're Oof. definitely in the same vein. Yeah. But, um, you know, if if uh, if if a Christmas Carol is like the um, the like the um, the the black sheep of the family, Polar Express is like the kid that you keep in the basement or something. <laughs> you know, <you're> like, <laughs> okay, it's true. I can. Um, do you need a license for that in Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the, you know, there's, I, I never noticed it until this viewing, but the, the ghost of Christmas past is played by Jim Carrey as well, but it's just like his head on like that candle. Do you guys remember that character? I never saw this movie. No. Oh my gosh. It's so weird. It's so weird seeing, um, him do like his goofy Jim Carrey faces as this ghost. Mm. I don't want to see that. No, thank you. I don't want to see that. Zemeckis needs to be removed from any kind of CGI operation. 
in <laughs> theatrical movies, in my opinion. Polar right. Express was... He, he might need to be sent to prison for Polar <laughs> Express. <laughs> like, there needs to be an investigation from Congress into what went on yeah. in the in the creation of Polar Express right. and what it's done to me for having to watch it many times with my son. The January 6th of animated movies, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was Danny. I also watched uh, Home Alone 3, which yeah. I what enjoy. The? What the? Interesting. I think that's a good movie. Personally, I gave it three stars. And uh, for maybe it's because this is probably the Home Alone that I've seen the most. For whatever reason, we had this one on VHS and I watched it a ton. Um, but I don't think it's that bad. People give this movie a bad rap. I think it's because, you know, they're, they have Culkin bias, you know, different cast. You don't have Joe right. Pesci. The so Pesh. they just write it off immediately. Don't even give it a chance. Very typical for movie fans. No. <laughs> um, but I give it a chance and I think it's I think it's good is it Zemeckis as well? no Home Alone 3 is of course your boy Raja Gosnell <laughs> I love his work yeah of course you do uh, we should say hello to Caitlin who joined our Patreon this week at 70mmpod.com you have a link get access to the VHS Village Discord discounts on Danny's beautiful prints by the way I saw that avatar art you're looking at it right now if you're listening to this on Monday but there's the three of us. Gorge. Thank you. Gorge. Mm-hmm. And also got access to 36 episodes in the 70 millimeter vault, just available Golly. for supporters. I didn't realize it was that high. We've done too many. Uh, and for interns on our Patreon, we just dropped the Revenge of the Sith audio commentary <laughs> last week. The end of the journey. We did it. For the prequels. It's are over. You, are you pleased, Prado, that it's behind us? We don't need to talk about those movies anymore. Yeah, sure. But I had a great time, you know, on the journey. It was great mm. watching those movies with you guys. You know, I'll watch any movie with you guys. Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're, we got to talk about our next intern movie. Yeah. There's rumblings. No, there's not rumblings. <laughs> we're not doing the OT. I didn't say the OT. We need to do the OT for the main feed. Yeah, like if we're doing a, a New feeder. Hope episode, I mean, can you imagine like a month we do the original trilogy and Empire again, Empire, Empire Redux <laughs> again. I and mean, close with Return of the Jedi. I haven't watched Return of the Jedi in maybe a decade. I have no idea how last time what's I saw. What's wrong it. with you? I'll have to look at my letterbox feed. That could be a lie. I don't know. You it just lie. feels like a decade. What'd you watch this week? What did I watch this week? I mean, you've already seen Avatar too. I did. I listen. I would have fought against it. You know, I don't like seeing movies ahead of time. Especially when we haven't even talked about Avatar 1 yet. I know. I didn't want it to sully my opinion. If you spoil any of it tonight, I swear to God. <laughs> he's going to get it confused. You know he's going to confuse I'm going to. I'm going to accidentally say some kind of plot point that didn't even have in Avatar 1. <laughs> Deleted scene. No, uh, James and I went uh, to King of Prussia, PA. I remember I told someone I, li- I lived in King of Prussia for a year and they thought I made up a city. They didn't it's think it was 100% a real made up. <laughs> that's... I, that's <laughs> There's no way. That's a video game. <laughs> the bundles with Prince of Persia yeah. on Dreamcast. Yeah, it was a great, great night with uh, James. No trailers, no phones. This is the first time I've ever been to a press screening or an early access screening and they like wouldn't let us keep our phones. Like, what am I, what am I going to do? Take a video of a 3D movie mm. and put it on uh, Napster? Who's going to download <laughs> a, a handy cam of a 3D movie? No one's mm. going to want to watch that. Some psycho. Sickos. They just they belong in prison along with Robert Zemeckis. 
I thought you said, what am I going to do without my phone for two hours? hours?" (laughs) James and I did have a nice little chat for the 30 minutes that we sat in our seats, talked about what he remembered or knew of the first Avatar. He got most of it pretty right, surprisingly. I don't even know how. I don't remember when the last time we saw Avatar. Um, But it was awesome seeing his first 3D movie experience. Like as soon as the credits came up, you know, his hands were going out. He was like (laughs) mouth agape. He was, his mind was blown. Um, He said it looks better than a video game, better than real life, you know, in some respects. Yes, James. What was your setup? Was it a IMAX 3D, high frame rate? IMAX, Dolby, high frame rate, 3D glasses. Oh my gosh. In fact, he even forgot that like when we got there, that was in 3D until I handed him him a a set of glasses. He's like, what is this? I was like, (laughs) bro, it's in 3D. (laughs) Um, Buckle up. So yeah, this, I mean, this is probably also his first like high frame rate anything probably ever. Um, But yeah, he had a great time. Loved chatting with him after the movie. Um, we're on a nice movie high together, father and son, making memories together. Speaking of making memories, should we get into this avatar business? I think so. Is it time? Jim's Cameron? Jim's Cameron. We call him Jim's Cameron. <laughs> Let's call him Jim. I wonder if that's what his friends call him. Old uh, Jim. <laughs> 2009. This is our avatar event month. We officially don't have a name for this mini themed month. And Whatever. let me just say real briefly before we get into avatar. Uh-oh. We know what we're doing for January, and we are going very hard <laughs> for the month of January. Should have seen the DMs today. We have never gone harder in a month, in my opinion. <laughs> like, people are not ready. Uh-uh. Let me just say that much, okay? <laughs> hard. Uh, Prado, what is Avatar by Jim's Cameron? It's the 22nd century, and capitalism and corporations have won. <laughs> Humans have expanded outside of our solar system and do what they do best, colonize and lay waste to everything in front of them. (laughs) Batty Corp, uh, I can't remember what they're called, has an unobtainium mining operation set up on the planet of Pandora. There are large deposits, but they have a problem with the local Navi population that they are looking to solve with explosives and bullets. Jake Sully, a human marine who is enlisted in the Avatar program, commandeers a body of a Navi so that he can connect with the natives. But along the way, he falls in love with the world, the people, and his partner to shrug off his humanity and defend his new home, Avatar. Three D, James Cameron, two thousand nine. Three D is the future. Everything will be in three D and high frame rates. Berto, how did you feel in the in the hype era of two thousand nine when this came out? Um, I don't really remember much about how I feel other than just you know the fact that it was exploding and everybody was seeing it. I remember going to the theater. I went to the wow. You know what? Now I think about it. I went to the Cherry Hill AMC theater to see it, and that's where I'm going to see Avatar too. Oh, can you get the same seat, you think? I think I can. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Danny, what about you? What were you thinking in 2009 ahead of this movie? Were you buying in? Were you all in? Yeah, I was definitely all in. I saw it it with 
a couple friends, I believe. And then I remember my mind being blown by the 3D of this movie. Uh, and then I never watched it again. This is the first time Holy journeying whoa. back to Avatar outside the cinema. My kids have watched it in the car like multiple times on DVD. What? Uh, so I feel like I've heard it enough recently, but I haven't. I hadn't seen it since the first 3D viewing in theater. I'm surprised you didn't log those viewings. Yeah, yeah, you you're right. You're right. <laughs> Backseat viewing that I heard 20 minutes of. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Paul in chat says car job. I'm not even sure you can say that. You can't say that. We have to bleep that. I'm gonna. <laughs> Just another add it to the list with legal that we have to discuss after the show. It's hard not to mention the hype levels around this right. movie and the discourse. Like you couldn't escape Avatar, Avatar jokes, Jim Cameron destroying his career, 3D is nothing. Like this is going to be the biggest flop, and it, it was like inescapable for so long. So one of the things I like loved about just watching this is like I felt so removed from all that. Like mm-hmm. you can just kind of go in and not not remember any of the baggage that like the hype or the most popular movie of all time or whatever, all that BS. But I remember when I sat down to this thinking that like, I think the only other 3D thing I've ever seen was like the old school 3D, like Jaws 3D. Like that's the 3D I had seen before Avatar. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to suck. What 3D yeah, sucks? Like <laughs> this isn't going to be that good. And then I remember putting the glasses on and, be, and the credits rolling up and I was like, holy shit, what the, yeah. like, this is pretty cool. So I was like swindled, I was like swindled by, Ca- I feel like I was swindled in his favor by Cameron when I saw this movie. Mm. Like I was like, wow, this 3D stuff could be pretty cool. But it, after that, you know, everyone tried, well, not everyone, a lot of people tried to do 3D and it just wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the same. It wasn't like built for 3D or all that stuff like this was. So that was my main memory of of the Pandora and Avatar. And also, full disclosure, I think I had this like BLB logged at like three and a half stars or three stars. So I wasn't like some big Avatar nut. Like Silly, I'm not sure if Silly is in live chat. Silly in our Discord famously went hard against um, Avatar saying that there was no cultural footprint of, of Avatar after all these years. Oh, my mia. Um, I don't even really think I had an opinion. I was probably just busting his in chat but I, it's not like I was a big Pand- uh, Avatar lover really over the years I was impressed with it but I feel like it's just been like a running joke for so long even if even making the money it did it still felt like a complete joke and even when Disney decided to build their th- the Pandora yeah. theme park it still felt like what are you doing like why are you right. building this no no one cares about Avatar and the movies were like delayed so like even when the park was done you're like, the movies are so delayed. Like, this park is so... What is the point of this park? Yeah. Like, the and movies it, in the past, not you know, it doesn't fit with Disney. And the park's amazing. It is. It's <laughs> so incredible. It's, like, it's incredible. <laughs> Flight of Passage right. is like the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And then there's rumors of them updating the video to the second movie stuff. So it's Oh, my like, God. There's so much they can do with it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Danny, let's start with you. So in this segment, oh. we'll go round table. We all three hosts jot down three things that we want to bring up in conversation, and then we'll we'll give our letterboxed rating. So, Danny, what's the first thing you want to talk about for this viewing of Avatar? So, leading up to my viewing of this, I watched the um, making of the the oh. the hour thirty whatever it was capturing Avatar or whatever, and I I was kind of 
worried about the CG of this because there's not a 4K release. And if, from what I remember, I don't know what they did to upscale or make things look better on the Blu-rays. So I was like, God, this is going to look so bad yes. on Disney+. Plus. And... Uh, I I was shocked on how good it still looks and the motion capture. And one of the things James talks about in the making of was uh, getting away from CG characters having like the dead eyes, mm. which is like, you know, Polar Express has the dead eye characters and mm. all that kind of stuff. So like I was looking for um, so much in this after watching the making of, and I... I just was kind of jaw dropping when the CG gets close to the screen, the faces of the Navi of Natiri and uh, Jake's avatar, when they're touching their faces or when they're putting on the tribal um, like uh, makeup towards mm-hmm. that battle fight or when he's getting like accepted and when she's like rubbing the makeup on his face or the paint, excuse me. Um, I just couldn't believe how well this still looks after all this time. And um those scenes, the scenes in the in the in the forest of Pandora with the bioluminescent uh, oh. like flowers and plants, and as they step on the like this this movie kind of made my jaw drop again, like I was watching it for the first time. I couldn't believe on how good so much of it still works, while so much of it is so much of it is green screen, like the yeah. the green screen mm-hmm. rooms that they're in, and how he filmed the motion capture, like it's. There's like so little sets that were made for this. Like as we go through watching the prequels together, we talk about, you know, how George set up so much of the Star Wars stuff and how it just looks so weird. But with this, like it was still absent of built sets mm-hmm. and it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I watched it in 2020, which I think was the first time I saw it since the theater, and I I kind of expected like, all right, this movie's 11 years old now. It's going to look aged or whatever. But I was blown away by this movie. And I was blown pretty much blown away again watching it uh, this week um, for the show. Uh, it really does look incredible. And I think the thing that like stood out to me is there. there's like... Yeah, there, there's so many scenes where when you look at them, if you like pause it, you're like, all right, this is all CG. Like, there's no yeah. way they're on a set here. But I think the thing that he maybe sets them apart that makes it different than other CG is that the the like the lighting looks so good. I think the thing that often gives away CG is that you see the character in like a different light than the, what's behind them, right? And it right. kind of like it's like that's the main mm-hmm. giveaway. In this, it seems like they figured out some kind of secret sauce, so that doesn't happen as much. So it feels like they're actually in the room that isn't there somehow. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how else to explain it. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. it just like it just I never really got that sense. I mean, there was a few moments maybe with like the mech or like the panther creature thing where it was like, all right, this kind of looks a little smooth and doesn't look totally right. But for the most part, I think everything looks incredible. Yeah. There's a few scenes where like someone is in a mech and it turns mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not quite right. Like even the in perspective End, of it, in, even in Endgame and infinity war, I remember specific scenes where like Tony Stark moving in a big suit. Like <laughs> this looks like ass. I don't know why they can't figure this out. Um, but one of my snarky reviews of avatar was going to be that like George Lucas walks a, Jim Cameron could run. I mean, he has really like taken the baton of Lucas and annihilated it. Like mm-hmm. he has, he has destroyed the baton. Like it's insane yeah. how so much of this stuff is, is, is special effects. Yeah. 
but you're engrossed in the location. Mm-hmm. And we joke about how Disney is not really good at it in some respects. And obviously Pandora costs like an insane amount of money to produce, but man, he, he has the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. What, what is it? What, what has he figured out that has made his ability to just create something out of nothing and make it look so real? Like, I, I don't get it. It's like mind blowing. I'd want, I'd want to watch like a master or the master class from Cameron, which I think oh, Mikey yeah. P said that he's watched, but like, I need to follow him around. Like, I, I'd love to just see him bark orders at like artists and say like, <laughs> with, with like him going, pointing at the computers, like the Phantom Menace making of. Yeah. And like, I just want right. to see that in action because he can do it and he can back it up. And that's why you see like this, the tweets about him just like mouthing off to like reporters. It's like, I can do whatever the F I want. Like I yeah. made so-and-so, but like at a certain point you're like, mm, he's right. Yeah. You know, he, he does it and he backs it up. I would definitely suggest watching this making of because it shows the f- almost four years of developing this movie and working on it and creating the tech that needs to be made for um, the production of this and working with Weta. And it's it's the stuff they did before animating and filming and figuring all that is what was the most fascinating because like this, this is stuff that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time I was excited about this kind of character animation was watching the adventures of Tintin and how Spielberg and uh, Peter Jackson kind of did that. And it was all in the same kind of vein of motion capture. And I think that's the, that's the magic of it. This, this we're not, we're not creating animated characters. We're creating motion capture characters of actual mm-hmm. actor performances where they're doing some act some incredible stuff. Uh, and I think that's the secret sauce when it comes to it. There's a very natural fluid performance to these characters that don't feel like, you know, star Wars clone wars. Like there's not like a animated, right. this isn't like a cartoon. This is, this is a real actors performing. One mm. thing I love that he does is, and I guess this could be my first point, but it's just kind of like off the the CGI conversations. I feel like most modern CGI, when it comes to action, and maybe to like obfuscate like the the look of something, they'll speed things up. They'll like make it move really fast in an action scene. In this, James Cameron actually slows everything down. Yeah, which is really fascinating. And it actually is much more compelling to me to actually see what the heck is going on when I'm watching an action scene. Like the scene when um, Nateri fights the, uh, the, the, the panther thing, or, or, or I guess her and Jake are there. And then also like the mech scene at the end, the way they'll slow it down rather than like speed it up and make it like blurry and like kind of hard to track mm-hmm. to give you maybe the sense of motion – they they give they like make it almost like in slow motion to like just see every bit of detail and i found that like so compelling and like engrossing and like drew me in more as i was watching those scenes uh my number 1 pandora is this the coolest location created in the last <laughs> several decades <laughs> i mean yeah stop it stop it right now i want a pandora no wonder they made a friggin theme park after this friggin yeah. planet it's amazing. Some of the, the, just the visuals of the planet are nuts. They're absolutely nuts. I can't believe how gorgeous this planet is. It is, it's dazzling, this planet. 
all this the scenes in the forest, them slowly walking through. I mean, the the friggin' mountains, the Hallelujah Mountains. Oh my god. What? I love it. What? <laughs> so I mean, everyone can I mean we we did the same thing. We poked fun. Why the hell was Pandora and Disney? But I right. mean, when you're rewatching Avatar, you're riding Flight of Passage. Yeah. You know why it's there. You know why it's there and you want more. It's mm-hmm. nuts. I, can, I, I still can't get over Pandora on on this watch. Danny, what do you think? You know, I completely agree. And one of my like uh, honorable mentions is the setting of the Tree of Souls area where they're uh, the, like the weeping willow type yeah. uh, at the very end where they're changing the bodies and stuff like that. I There's something about that scene that I just all of them sitting together, but that location of that tree just gives me the chills. I love the design of it. I wish there was a way Disney could have incorporated that tree into the the park mm-hmm. to see it at night or something. But um, yeah, the locations are insane. And But my favorite bits of Pandora are the nighttime stuff because I love the glowing aspects of the the plants and yeah. how it just comes alive. It's, it's incredibly gorgeous. Yeah, when I watched this in 2020, my main thought was that I... I would watch like a David Attenborough series of just Pandora. (laughs) Like just make it all up. I'll watch six hours of just exploring the creatures and wildlife, which is like no small feat that whoever, like whoever Jim has as like his concept team, the design team, like these people are going hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, it, it pays off because it it really is incredible. And you just believe in this world. Uh, I jokingly compared Avatar to Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord of the Rings has some lush. Like, I need everyone to calm down with what I'm about to say right now. Just all the Lord of the I'm Rings listening. dweebs are gripping their couch <laughs> and their fingers are going into the armrests. But like, <laughs> like the kid with the vein in his forehead sitting next to the girl in class. But like, Lord of the Rings has amazing sets, amazing visuals. How, if you're a, a Lord of the Rings fan and you can't give Avatar the time of the day, I'd ask why. Mm. Look at Pandora. Yeah. I mean, the the history of the planet. You want to live there. People talk about want to go to New Zealand to live in the Shire. Send me to the freaking planet <laughs> Pandora, okay? Give me a Shire on this planet. I'll walk around <laughs> wearing a loincloth, paint myself blue if I have to. <laughs> I mean, these are the same things. The same things. This is my Lord of the Rings avatar, okay? Yeah, that's why, you know, that's what's so funny about this, too, is that anytime anyone's talked about Avatar, I feel like everyone hates it or complains about it or, like, makes fun of the story. Which and and I was like, that's why when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, maybe like maybe people are right. Maybe, like, because I don't really remember. I didn't really remember when I saw it. But, like, seeing it, it's like, what are like what are people talking about? Like this is so cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Danny, what's your number two? Oh, we're already on to me. Okay. Um I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite scenes is Jake taking the first flight on the mighty Ikron, the Banshees, flying over oh, Pandora. Oh that whole um the I like I like the training of becoming a Navi. I like that they put him through that. But the bit where uh, they have to have him wrestle the Banshee and you know connect with it with the braid tail 
the connectors and uh, how you fly it, how you ride it. Like even when he does the horse thing, you, you think of where you want to go. And, but there's something about him flying the Banshee when even his character says, this is what he's dreamed of doing mm. as a paraplegic and stuff like that. It's like, this is what he want to do is to fly like this, but to fly over the the mountains and the floating, the floating mountains, that whole segment of this movie, I wish went for like 30 minutes, oh just, just like a wallpaper, like a, or a screensaver just of him flying over Pandora for <laughs> yeah. however long it needed. Cause that's, it's one of my, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie. I mean, we can talk about like the the bad writing, or maybe it's not bad writing. Maybe it's like lackluster. It is. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk about Jim Cameron's writing. Maybe that's probably one of Proto's points. But it's it's hard to grapple with like the sheer beauty of everything else. Mm-hmm. Like the scene that you just mentioned. Like you're you're invested so hardcore in. It's almost like they're like documentaries, or they're just like extended technology flexes so often in some of these scenes where you just almost like forget like yeah that scene was sounded like ass but man look at how he's flying that banshee right now (laughs) (laughs) proto number two um well yeah we could talk about the the writing um I, i guess i can agree maybe like the dialogue isn't strong which which is never really james's strong suit in his movies um but people complain about the story of this movie that it's it's unoriginal, it's simple, it's plain, it's been done before. And I just like totally reject that because I think if you could, all the, all movies that we watch, the story has been told before. Like you're, you're not seeing anything new. Like it's, it's a different coat of paint, you know, maybe it's just a different idea. Like someone having sex with a car or whatever, but like, <laughs> like outside, outside of that, like it's the, it's the same, it's the same story. But it's how you execute it. And I think even this, if this is a simple story, it's been done countless times. It's done really well in this movie. And I don't think that's a fault of, of it. Mm. Like that's a, it's a strong thing to take, which really is what really is like an epic simplified story. That's like boiled down to like, just like the, the, the most, um, you know, simple points mm-hmm. and just execute it. That I feel like that actually makes it more epic because like those things are like so obvious, those points about uh, you know, the story. Um and of just like, you know, the hero going to the foreign land, being accepted right. by the people and, you know, yada yada. So I, I I love that when even if it's a story I've heard before is done well. Because like let's face it, I mean we we watch movies that are remade all the time and we're not complaining. Like we're going to see them and pay for them. Right. Mm. I will say, after Uh-oh. your, after what you brought up with Titanic episode about Jim's writing, uh, and I didn't agree with you then, I find the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of this is terrible conversation. The the beating over our heads of trying, like letting, like getting us to understand what is going on, like explaining the unobtainium, explaining while we're on this planet, like everything felt like we have to check all these boxes before we can start to tell the story about Jake or whatever, what's going to happen and the stuff that we don't need to know yet. Uh, right. And it just, it was just the conversations, the military guys calling them meals on wheels. Like everything felt like, so I don't know. It yeah. was like, these are like, it was just felt childish, I guess, a little bit. Uh, when she makes the like joke about him playing with his this tail, don't play with that, you'll go blind or something. It's like, <laughs> is that a masturbation joke, really, that they had to throw into this? But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, tough because even like Prado said, like, 
it's a re, it's a rehash of something we've seen a hundred times before. So you have to do it something different, and it would probably be strengthened by him writing the setup rehash scenes a little bit better, uh, just a little, better. just a little bit. I mean, you you get like the 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 thing you've seen a hundred times: the scientists doing battle with like the corporate wing of the company. Yeah. They're right. always butting heads, and there's no respect, and they never get enough money, and et cetera, et cetera. You've seen it. Um, I w- I will say that like in all that setup stuff. I was completely enamored with the technology that is just like appearing off screen. Like even the computer screens, the video yeah. chat scenes, his diary, all that technology. And this is like stuff that we've said in like for Alien, Aliens, or any classic sci-fi movie that you're like, man, that, that those computers look so cool. That <laughs> font yeah. looked awesome. <laughs> but like all this stuff also looked great. And it's decades later and it's something new that we don't have still. Um, but I I would have loved to just walk around all that stuff. Like Disney, make a little bit more in Pandora. Make me walk through one of their little labs, you know, and mm. goof around with the computers there. Put that in Epcot, your POS Epcot that is outdated <laughs> oh, by 50 years. Put put the labs in there. Future technology. That's what we want. Your freaking cars are still running on gasoline in the world of tomorrow. <laughs> what world of tomorrow has future cars running on gasoline, Epcot? <laughs> End Let's it. convert all of Disney World to Pandora World. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Who are we up to? Sorry. Proto. Proto. No, two. I think. Oh, is it? Slib. Me. Yeah, Me, I think number it's two. I want to talk about Natiri in a bit, but maybe just like Oof. quick, one of my honorable, like about the, ver- the start of the movie. I, my memories of watching this movie of have it starting out on Earth. With Jake. Yes. And I remember seeing like, whoa, like James Cameron, future Earth? This is amazing. And I didn't get that in the Disney Plus version. So I had to search like, what the F did I remember watching? And there's three different versions of this movie. Um, There's the theatrical from 2009. There's a 2010 special edition re-release with seven extra minutes. And then there's a 2010 collector's extended cut with 16 minutes that has that opening that I remember. So I guess I at one point had the collector's extended cut on DVD. And that's my last memory of seeing this mm-hmm. movie. So I tracked it down. I watched the extended this way. Oh, Just wow. because I believed, I remembered it too. I remembered, I, the, I think the Jake part was the most, I remembered him in the bar uh, fighting the guy, even though he's in a wheelchair. It's, it's, it was, fr- sorry, I cut you off in your thought. I apologize. No, but continue. it does frustrate me that, it was taken out because I think it lends a lot more to Jake's character. And there's also two other main scenes in the movie uh, that are removed that I just, not this, I don't care about the sex scene. All they take out is they're connecting their braids. That's like, it's whatever. We've all done it. We don't need to see it. (laughs) We've all wanted to do it at some point, (laughs) but they take out a scene where um, they run into the old abandoned school that, they had set up and they explain why it's not there anymore. And Mm. it just gives a little bit more weight to the Navi, not trusting the humans anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, The relationship with uh, uh, Natiri with um, Augustine Sigourney. Augustine. Thank you. Yeah. Sigourney's character. Uh, They just, there's a lot more weight and it's taken out of this other release. It doesn't make any sense for 16 minutes. I don't understand what the point is of taking any of that out. (laughs) Like it's, it's such a little cut, but there's so much story uh, that's removed. There's even a great segment with the, 
the death of the brother, the the other guy. There's just so mm. much removed that it's just really frustrating. Which makes me glad to watch the extended version because I'd rather watch that than the cut up stuff. I mean, t- to be fair, I think the version on Disney Plus is like the OG theatrical. So I don't think any of that stuff was cut out. But yeah, I think most people also remember seeing the collector's edition because how many people bring up the like the braid sex scene as like a gag? But like, right. they would have bought the DVD to see that movie in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just telling on yourself. Oh uh, boy. So uh, my, yeah, I'll, I'll save my, my, my Zoe Natiri for my, my third. So we can come back around unless someone else brings it up. So Danny, what's your, um, what's your number three for Avatar? And we, we talked about the tree of souls. Um, I, the two, the two moments that I, what's, what's like two same type of moments when they bring Augustine's body to be transferred over to, uh, her avatar. And then when they do it as well for Jake's, I don't know what it is about that process or how it looks or, you know, the religious apps, uh, application of whatever they believe in with the, um, Awa, the tree and stuff like that. There's something about those. I just really love those two scenes. I like that. Um, for whatever reason, the tree doesn't choose to transfer Augustine's body over to the avatar, but she does for Jake's. There's something about that storyline that I really dig. I love the way it looks with the vines kind of wrapping their bodies and connecting the two with the like sprites coming down. There's that I just really love. I don't know. I like I like that tribal aspect of this that mm-hmm. that part of the story as well. There's a lot of like connectivity with the families, and I don't know. There, I I just I really dug it. I think the, you know, this, I think the movie looks amazing, but I also think the, the lore around the Navi is also amazing. Yeah. How well it's thought out, just like these different ideas, you know, the, you know, the braid connecting with the other species. So like all the species on the planet have this thing so that they can, you know, connect with each other and, you know, um, across species lines. Uh, And then like the way everything's connected and the fact that the tree holds memories of their you know their 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 ancestors in a very real you know practical yeah. way um not as just like uh you know wishy-washy like that's actually happening um th- there's just like so many cool elements and then even like the language like the fact that they have their language and they have like these you know these the the words and references for all these different things that they're doing i just found that like so compelling even the way that like they'll speak to jake um it just felt like very much like a foreigner struggling to grasp this culture um, and then eventually kind of understanding it more. I thought that was really well done. I do love the little bit of lore that they, I don't know, this is like a, like a belief that uh, our, their lives are borrowed energy and then you have to give the energy back to the earth or the, to Pandora. I really love that little line. I'm trying to understand this deep connection people have to the forest. She talks about a network of energy that flows through all living things. She says, all energy is only borrowed, and one day you have to give it back. I also liked how he was pretty much welcomed almost right away into the tribe. Like, they were so against the scientists, but once they find out that Jake is a warrior, a soldier like they are, they're Mm. almost like more accepting like yeah because once they had they make the decision like he's gonna he's gonna stay he's gonna learn our ways and they at that point had no 
idea to do that with any of the scientist nerds that had like come before. Like they weren't really that willing to try things over again. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they said he's their first warrior dreamwalker. Mm. I love that. <laughs> warrior dreamwalker. It sounds like a novel, sci-fi novel. Proto, number three. So Stephen Lang oh, let's hear is it. the villain in this. Uh, the colonel who's, yeah. you know, he's he's uh, horny to, to kill everybody. Um, I love him as a villain. Yeah. I, I like his scenes. Um, you know, I mean, he's very much just typical... Uh, you know, military hawk bro out to, you know, sow death and destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bought, you know, I, I buy that and I, and I, and I like his performance in it. And I love the scene at the end, the battle in the mech. Yeah, I just like yeah. the thoughts of like Jim Cameron making a mech movie has God. me like, <laughs> uh, so there was the the Game Awards recently, mm-hmm. and it, during the Game Awards, it was announced that From Software uh, is making a new Armored Core, which is like a mech game that they make. Um, and they have like a cinematic trailer they put out, and the cinematic trailer like is incredible. And I like <laughs> while watching this, I'm just thinking like, what if Jim Cameron made a Armored Core movie? Because um, I'd be all over that. <laughs> I'd be all over it. Uh, yeah, I love that that final fight scene. You know, if when you're thinking of like action movies, you try to remember like what was the final like big battle scene. I love that it's contained in this like small circle in the forest near the lab, and also it involves his avatar. You know, the, he sees the the space where his avatar is, so he immediately like goes there to try to open it up and kill him. Um, really great stuff in that scene. I love it. Plus, you you see that Mac at Disney too. Right by the mm-hmm. gift, isn't it like right next to the gift shop or something. Yeah, it's right there. You know, exit through the gift shops, right there. <sighs> Disney's got to do something to battle Universal. You know, their, their their plans for this epic land. Disney, Iger, Bob, let's bring Jim back onto the campus. Let's talk brass tacks. What other things from Pandora can we bring into Disney? <laughs> okay, I agree. Natiri, the star Talk of the movie, it. Zoe. I love this character. Love mm-hmm. this character. Even from her first scene, kind of hunting him in the forest. And then she sees the Willow of the Wisps or whatever the hell that thing is from Pandora, like float up on her bow as she's about to shoot him. And then there are a few other scenes where they're attracted to him. Um, and she makes the decision, I should probably bring him in and show everyone what happened. I just love her character. She is like this fierce tribal warrior and in the fight scenes at the end, you see it, all those scenes. I love the scene too, where they're training with the bow and arrow where they, they like lock eyes at that one point where you realize Mm -hmm. like something's happening here between these two. It's happening. Mm -hmm. I loved her character. She was my, probably my favorite character in the whole movie, to be honest. She really reminded me of, um, Princess Mononoke, like a real uh, mm. San type character. Her Ooh. her movements, her speed with the bow and arrow, especially the last fight when she lets off two arrows into his chest. Like there was something about that shot of her like running onto the log or something. Um, but she's incredible. She, her performance is incredible. Her look is so great. Uh, I love her storyline. Uh, it's just it's it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Crash points out Zoe's mocap performance is so good. That's another thing to point out. I mean, they're they're acting their little hearts out in these mocaps. Their little yeah. hearts out, yeah, in those suits. 
Yeah, the scene where they uh, where the tree falls and the way they True, are all like in mourning, like screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even think that like, hey, these this is fake. Like it just like <laughs> looks that good that you're just yeah. like I'm immersed in what I'm seeing. Yeah. Like I, it's not like ah uh, that doesn't you know uh, at no point did I really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something. Plus, I mean, I love those like giant shots of giant things doing anything yeah, because yeah. it looks so realistic at that scale. Like you're kind of yeah. in awe of the scale of it. Uh, Danny, honorable mentions, final rating for Avatar, the movie. Uh, honorable mentions. I love Giovanna Rabishi. He's always a good dweeb. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was taken back to the first time I saw this movie again. This was... Like, I felt like I was watching it all over. I wish I had a way of watching it in 3D again, mm. uh, just to relive it. I love this movie. I I think I, I'm at five stars. Oh, I my really am. gosh. I could watch this multiple times and enjoy it every time I watch it. I'm King. incredibly excited now wow. for Avatar 2. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a banger. This is a banger movie. Danny is is telling the audience, don't let the bullies win. If you love Avatar, let your Avatar flag fly. Flag fly. Yeah. Fly. This is a safe space. Mm-hmm. Eric says my VM isn't going to go over well. <laughs> we'll be the judge of that, Eric, later yeah. in the show. We can cut it off. <laughs> uh, Proto, final thoughts? Rating. Uh, final thoughts... Uh, I got chilled up at Jake's speech there at the end. Um, I love that that performance there of just like this guy doesn't really, he's a Marine, doesn't have much to say much of the movie. And then he comes out with that speech for his people. Um, I I also like the, the video narration, the vlogs that he was doing. Yeah. That was, uh, usually I don't like narration in movies, but I feel like it works pretty well in this. Uh Oh, another thought I had while watching this was imagine if James Cameron had done a Star Wars trilogy. Oh my God. Like if there was ever a director to give the opportunity to do a Star Wars trilogy, like what are we doing over at Disney? We might have to cancel the rest of the night. I need to hit stop on this recording and go lay down. (laughs) I need to pour some gin into this too. Anyway, um, God, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere between four and five stars for this movie as well. You know, um, follow your heart. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I, the fact that it's, it's, it just holds up that well. And like, I feel engrossed. Oh, another thing is this movie's, you know, almost three hours long. I don't feel that at all Mm -hmm. at all. I like the first time I like looked at my, cause I had to stop it. It was like getting pretty late. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm halfway through it already. It didn't feel like it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll five stars. Whoa! Oh my God. God. Oh yes. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stunned. The stunning. I'm stunned. My, my gosh. God. Uh, I mean, where do we even go from here? We go uh, to drink. We go to you. We go to you. <laughs> It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Don't be pressured. Follow um, your heart. Some of my other notes, the giant terraforming trucks, so badass. Yeah. Sigourney smoking a cigarette in this 
the science facility in the future? Come on, Sigourney, please. <laughs> no, can we no not? Comment. The amount of khaki pants in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the if Zemeckis wasn't already in prison, I'd, I'd, I'd push further <laughs> charges on Zemeckis for some reason. Him using his legs as the avatar for the first time. Super cool. Yeah. You know, his, his reaction to that. I had a thought too, like when was the soonest James Cameron could have feasibly made this movie given technology restraints at the time? Like That's it, why it took so long. Yeah, it had to have been like 2009. No sooner, I feel like. Yeah. I, I wonder if they did like watch this documentary. I need to watch the doc. I need I need they to watch the doc. about it. That's just, that's it. I need to watch the doc. Yeah. Um, something I wrote kind of looks like gasoline. I don't know what the hell I was talking about here. Maybe what? the water? I don't know. Um, the mocap looks great on her. Oh yeah, I have that line. This is the first warrior dreamwalker. Oh yeah, Jake, like, I think that was also maybe like a cut subplot or maybe that you saw in the re-release, like Jake not even wanting to eat human food. Like he was he was becoming disassociated with his human body and like mm -hmm. his human needs. I thought that was pretty interesting. You can kind of see that over time. Although, even though Jim has cracked CGI, he has not cracked the human wig. Like Jake <laughs> had some of the absolute worst <laughs> god-awful wigs in history in this movie. Um, also like there's in all these movies, you'll get like the love interest saying like after they meet up again for the first time after a fight or something, they'll say like, hi, hey, <laughs> they have like the corniest line, but here when they say, I see you, holy um, moly, so that's writing. You. That's friggin' that's writing right there. Writer's room. Regarding his speech, I actually disagree. I would have loved for Natiri to give the speech. Even though he becomes like the leader in this movie of the tribe, I would have loved for her to step up and give that speech because she's like, you know, mm. more involved in that tribe. Mm. The corporal taking the the Titan out of the, the ship as it's like crashing, pretty badass. Like that's straight out of like Titanfall 2. Yeah. And then the line also about how she's telling the story, um, the aliens went back to their dying world and they're talking about Earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that was so cool. I love that line. Um, I really wish I would have gone to see this in theaters on the re-release. In yeah, 3D. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I agree, this looked phenomenal, but man, it would have looked even better in th in 3D again. Honestly, this conversation talking about this movie, <laughs> of course, I'm five stars. Oh my god, of course, yes. it's so fun it to talk about what. Cameron did with this movie and people can make fun of it all you want like yada 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 fern gully uh, 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 uh. but like he's doing incredible things in this movie raise and the banners it's I can't yeah. in, in good conscience go lower than five thank you altogether no lower than five the love I see you Slim I see you Danny and Proto <laughs> I see us I can't even keep up with chat right now it's going so fast the I can't even gifts. keep up <laughs> the levitating gifts right now uh, also, if I mean, if, if anyone's out there is like listening, I can't believe they gave it five stars. Give yourself up to just having fun watching a movie. You know, just have a good time. Let yourself be free. And if you didn't like it, that's fine too. Have fun for once. All right, we got some letters, I think, and maybe a VM for this episode. Just keep in mind too for for people that aren't really on the Patreon yet or subscribe on Apple or Spotify. We're doing a mailbag episode for our our one this year. We do a yearly mailbag episode. We're recording it tonight. Um, so it's going to be in the feeds for our supporters this weekend. Goodness. All right. Let me s sort through here to see who we have to hear from. Um, 
Logan. I think Logan has an email for this particular episode. Uh, all right. Letter to 70MM for an upcoming episode. Oh, also, you can send us a email or a voice memo to 70mmpod at gmail.com. It's Logan, a.k.a. LP Focus. I've been meeting to send in this letter for a while. It's been a, I'm a few weeks behind, so I haven't heard the latest episodes. Just wanted to thank you for giving attention to smaller films and young, promising directors. This podcast has really introduced me to so many interesting and diverse movies that I still haven't watched, but I'm now able to talk about them at a dinner party or in my work Slack movie channel. Films like Somewhere in Time, Millennium Actress, House, and 1959's The Human Centipede Part 1, No Greater Love. Wait. And so many more. <laughs> Wait. That's what it says. They sound human like condition. They, Wait. <laughs> that's what it says, Centipede. <laughs> they sound like great movies that I someday might watch. Hasn't even watched them. Again, I'm not sure what you guys are currently covering. Probably a new Greta Thunberg or Jordan Peele film. Wait. But I just wanted to say thanks for supporting the underdog. While those other podcasts are busy covering the latest and greatest popcorn flick, 70MM is not afraid to take a risk and cover a movie like Mr. Nobody. Mm-hmm. We, we don't talk about that episode anymore. It's banned. <laughs> I mean, really, that choice takes courage. It shows that you guys are really in it for the love of film and not just big budget cash grabs that are engineered to dominate the box office. My God. On a completely separate note, can you please explain the difference between 24 FPS IMAX 3D, 48 FPS Real D 3D, Dolby Cinema, and Screen X? I'm buying tickets tomorrow for a movie, and I need to know what the best option is. Thanks, Logan. Logan, I think Logan having a little laugh at our avatar. He's having a laugh at us. He's having a laugh, wow. as Dirk would say. Yeah. Is he British? <laughs> I don't know the difference between any of those options. I'll be honest with you. But I did see Avatar 2 in a high frame rate, and it was like IMAX 3D. Uh, Screen X, I think, is the one with three screens, isn't it? Yeah, some would call it a gimmick. Some call it a gimmick. Some do. I've never seen it. Pardo, can you, are you ready to explain the difference between those three services? Movie Insider, please take us. Um, uh, well, 24 FPS would pr be similar to like a normal movie. Correct. Anything higher would be something <clears throat> different that James Cameron is doing for this. And yeah, I think Screen X is three screens. Mm. 48 FPS, I think, is was commonly referred to this as like the soap opera effect, isn't it? Like, wasn't The Hobbit in 48 FPS and people were like pooping? I thought that was 60. It was something high, wasn't it? You had to be high to go see The Hobbit movies, that's for sure. Listen. That was uh, January. That was, that was not... <laughs> No way. Oh, my Hobbit God. journey in January. No way, Jose. Uh, do we have another one? Let me sort through. I think there's a VM. And, oh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save Eric. Which do I want to, depending on how bad Eric's might be, maybe we should just play it now so we don't end on a downer note. Uh, Eric sent a VM in. Let's listen to that. Hey, a team. It's Eric. Longtime listener, first-time caller, and full-time friend. <laughs> when Avatar was released in 2009, I was in my freshman year of high school after having been homeschooled since the first grade. I had a naive and not yet culturally despondent mindset. At that time, I saw so few movies that I loved every single movie that I watched, from unabashedly loving the National Treasure movies to having a Paul Blart mall cop poster in my room. <laughs> After seeing news stories of people watching Avatar tens of times, I expected this was going to be stunning, fantastic, and life-changing. 
I knew I needed to see it. Fast forward an absurdly boring 162 minutes to young me walking out disappointed. This movie was the catalyst that taught me that not all popular things are meant for me or are worth experiencing. As I sit here 13 years later, wreathed in the light of my seasonal affective disorder happy light, I somewhat <laughs> look back in jealousy at the joy that every new thing brought me back when I was 14. But I can honestly say I'm happy to have learned to find my own path. Two stars and one life lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Is Paul Blart. <laughs> Full time friend. What a what a what a sign in to that yeah. VM. I love that. We need to Beautiful. use yeah. that elsewhere. Thank you, Eric. I'd also love to know more about your audio setup. If you were in like a closet and there were like coats hanging above you it when you were recording great. that on your phone, I'd yeah. love to know more. It sounded very cool. intimate. It sounded great. very, very intimate. Evan. Hey, 70M, I'm first time writing in. Just got to say, I love the show. Been listening for a few weeks now. <clears throat> I listen only to the episodes of films I've seen because of spoilers, but I also take notes of ones I haven't seen that interest me so I can go watch and then listen later unspoiled. I just got caught up today to the most recent one, which would be Titanic. Though I'm not here to talk about Titanic as much as I enjoy it. Yesterday, I took note of Somewhere in Time. This is two emails that reference Somewhere in Time. What are the in chances the of that? It's a movement. <laughs> is there a campaign happening right now? It's a movement. Art, yeah, art. Is art orchestrating something behind the <laughs> scenes in the Discord? Uh, I'd never seen Somewhere in Time or heard of it. It looked interesting enough, so I put it on my watch list. Figured I'll get to it when I get to it. That very same day, I got a package from my grandparents. They sent an early Christmas gift to my wife and I. It's our first Christmas married. And I couldn't believe the timing. It was a DVD of Somewhere in Time. No! What the... <laughs> No way. <laughs> With a letter about how they watched it every year for as long as they could to remember the magic. What? They wanted to send us something to make our first year of marriage special, and they sent a film that is so special to them, <laughs> and that's when I cried. It's I my grandpa's too. absolute favorite, and I never knew until now. Can't wait to pop it in and watch it with my wife. I have a feeling it's going to be a five-banger for me. Just wanted to share because I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I hope y'all are doing well. Much love, Evan. What? What a moment. Does anyone else have chills right now? Yeah. Imagine if I didn't follow my heart and pick that movie. Right? And you, yeah. Imagine if you picked Time Bandits or whatever the hell that movie was <laughs> instead. That was your, your plan. Oh, yeah. Time Crimes. Time Crimes. Time Crimes. <laughs> no way. Oh, there's the art. Yeah, 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 yeah. My queen. Okay, we have a VM, I think. Uh, it's from Philip. Hey, 70MM Pod. This is Philip from Kansas City. Wanted to say Merry Christmas. I'm excited for the episode tonight. I just got my secret possum gift from the VHS Village here the other day. Oh, gosh. It is uh, sitting in my closet. I'm very excited for the trivia and uh, gift opening party here. So thank you guys for the community here that you've done. Excited to hear the Avatar episode. And I just got back from a one-day early screening of The Way of Water. Mm -hmm. And I am eager for that conversation to start. So mm -hmm. no real question. Just wanted to say thanks for everything you guys do. And have a happy holidays. Thank you, Gosh. Early thank you, Phil. viewing of Avatar Way of Water. How do you do it? It's a podcaster. 
It's getting this early press oh, screening God. invites. Press, the press. Is, the press, capital P. You're going to have to see it again, Slim. <laughs> you know, I, ran, no I, like, to remember. I like ran home and started writing down everything I could remember from the movie. Otherwise, it would just be lost forever. I might James, have to go see it again. James stenographing right next to you. 36 bucks probably to buy a 3D ticket. Who knows how much it's going to cost. Lord I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, Philip mentioned there's a secret possum, secret Santa happening in the yeah. Discord. There's like a, we're doing a Google Hangout unboxing. It's going to be trivia that Soph is putting on, who was our guest last week for Titanic. Should be a good time. Um, so next week, I think that's it for the VMs. Next week, it's Avatar Way of Water. We're completing the event month with Jim Cameron. And then if you're a supporter, the next episode you're going to see is our mailbag episode. We have like, it feels like 15 emails in there. We got to sift through. Proto's probably going to have to take a break, get some Snickers before we record that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have we have January planned. Gosh. I told you we were going freaking hard <laughs> in January. Okay? You don't even know. Proto, any closing thoughts for Avatar as we go into The Way of Water? You know, if you listen to this episode and you haven't rewatched or even seen Avatar ever, um, I think us, all three of us, giving it f- five stars is the official 70mm recommendation mm-hmm. to watch a movie. So I implore you to give it a shot, give it a try one last time, you know? One last ride with Jim Cameron at the helm. We'll see everybody next week for The Way of Water. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me. Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.